just a minute. We'll be back in there uh, a little bit later. But look, well, let me do this. Let me look at verse 1, then I'll pray with you. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Father, we are looking to you this morning to teach us by the Holy Spirit. We ask you to illuminate your word to us, the truth today, that we might... might uh, just uh, know more of you today, that we might understand more of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might be more usable uh, in in what you would want to do with our life. Uh, would you teach us today and help us today? Thank you for those that have made it out. Pray for those that are still coming. Pray you to give them safety and travels. And pray for those who are just unable to be here today, that you'd strengthen them, strengthen their bodies, and return them to us, please. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. And so Moses is, is uh, in front of Pharaoh confrontation. We looked at that last week, uh, didn't we? Uh, um, you know, there is still a need today. Uh, I, I shouldn't say still. There is a greater need today for God's people to confront the world with what the condition of where they are. I was just telling Sherry this morning on the way in, um, I, I, we were talking about things and something came up. I don't know what what she said and uh, 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 the name of a, a neighbor of ours, you know, across the dirt path from us uh, and uh, Eddie. And I thought of Eddie Haskell and and I was thinking of Leave It to Beaver and, you know, all of the, and I said, isn't it amazing where, where shows have gone, you know, uh, there's this cooking show online that you can get and we're watching this thing on our computer, this little cooking show and a commercial came on that thing for another show, I guess they have somewhere else. And I, we're just sitting there in shock. It's a cartoon and it is just disgusting about two women. It was just gross. It's just, I'm like, and obviously there's an audience for this that's watching it because they keep putting it out. I don't even remember the name of it. Tried to put it out of my mind. And, uh, and I thought, isn't it amazing where we have gone? Isn't it amazing that even the ungodly world 60 years ago, 50 years ago, still portrayed virtue as something to be attained and something to be desired. I mean, right was still right. The, the good guy wore a, a white, the black, bad guy wore black, and good always won one way or the other. And uh, there were still morals. There, I, have, I was telling Sherry this morning, I've got reams of papers I've printed off of, uh, of watching the divorce rate in America in tandem with it portrayed in television and movies. First time I think divorce was ever portrayed on, in, in television or movies was in the 1960s. And then you can watch it move with there in society. Now, I don't know if it's just a reflection of society or if it is actually uh, an attempt to change society. I do have a quote. I, I, I've got so many files put away, i got to find them. I do have a quote from an individual, a producer, who said explicitly their goal is to change culture and society through television and movies. Don't be so dumb to think that they're, they're not out to, change, to get you to change your thought process. Some of the greatest, ooh, some of the greatest uh, challenges we face are, are, uh, are, are what some may call ideological and philosophical in how we view the Word of God. Not just you know, the 
the acts of sin, but if you can change the mind, the acts will come by, the actions of sin will come after the changing of the mind. And that's what Satan is always doing. Hath God said, started in the garden. He's always questioning the word of God, always questioning the way we deal with the mind. When Paul was dealing in Romans 7, I, I'll get back to the lesson here. When Paul was dealing with the flesh in Romans 7, things I don't want to do, I do. Things I do want to do, I don't. Remember that whole, the whole discourse? At the end of it, he said, I, he said, he said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He said, therefore, with my mind, I serve the law of God, and with my flesh, the law of sin. And, and, and it starts right here in the mind, and that's why we need to protect the mind. We need to protect what comes into the mind. Truth comes into the mind, and when truth settles in the mind, it gets into the heart, and when it gets into the heart, it gets into the actions. Satan's, in Satan's economy, it's completely opposite of that. It starts with the flesh. The flesh affects the heart, and the heart affects the mind. It's totally reversed at that. And so we need to be very careful, and society is changing us. And what we need, what I'm saying today, is we still need a group of people to stand up against the culture of this world and to confront them and say, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. I, I had an idea. I, maybe the church will, will help me on this. You know all of these, these sodomites and everything are going into the libraries, these cross-dressers, drag queen story hour, vile, vile wickedness. And they prey on children for a purpose. I thought, why not pastor story time? So I called Christian County and figured out if I can get in and do story time. We'll do, we'll, we'll, I probably won't start with JL. No, that'd be a good one. When she rammed the spike through uh, Sisera's head and nailed him to the ground. Oh, they'd love that one. That'd be a good one. You know, why not? Why not confront the world that way? Why not confront society that way? We'll do church story time. Uh, they'd have to let us in. They absolutely, you know, it's public. They'd have to be careful about that one. And we'll try that. We'll see how it works. But we have to confront them. We have to confront them with the gospel. Moses confronted Pharaoh because God wanted Moses to confront Pharaoh. Right? And God wants us to confront the world. Not, not be jerks. Right? Not be nasty. Not be mean. There will be plenty of that that doesn't work. Right? Because just, it's just an ugly heart there. But out of compassion, out of love, out of an understanding, but by the grace of God, there go I. We had, listen, uh, we were in the same position at one time as the world was. And if it weren't for the grace of God, we'd still be there, if not worse. Yeah. So we have a compassion for them. We, we, need, to, we need to stand in front of culture and we need to confront culture. It's what Pharaoh, Moses is doing here with Pharaoh, not on his own authority, but on the authority of the word of God, of what God told him to do. So we saw that. We saw that it had a purpose, right? It had a purpose. What was the purpose? Well, to get Pharaoh to agree with God, number one. Number two, to get Israel out of Egypt and get them back to Canaan because the Messiah needs to be born in Canaan, right? And so that was the end goal there. So it had a purpose. And then we saw it had parameters, parameters. Look at Exodus 5 and verse 3. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence and or with the sword. So Moses here reminds Pharaoh that this is the word of God. 
This is what God's desire is. This is what God is telling us. I I like what Joseph said to Potiphar's wife. Essentially, he said, how could I do this great sin against God? Remember Naboth uh, in, in front of Ahab, he said, God forbid me to sell me, sell you the land. I, I can't do it. He was, he was what they're, what they're doing and what our response to the world always, always is, is that it is the God of heaven. It is our heavenly father. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that directs our life or should direct our life in what we say and what we do and where we go and how we act and how we live our life. It's God, right? We live, do you live by the word of God? Yeah. Amen. You can talk to me this morning. It's okay. I heard you sing better. I know you can talk better now too. So, yeah, we live by the word of God. It has parameters. This, there were parameters here. The first parameter of God in this command is that they needed to go three days' journey into the wilderness. That's interesting. Three days' journey into the wilderness. There's a great application here. What is Egypt a picture of? Anybody remember? The world. Egypt is a type and a picture of the world. Over and again, the Word of God says, Woe unto them that go to Egypt for help, that trust in chariots and horses. You know, it says our, 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 our trust is in the Lord our God. Egypt has always been a type and a picture of the world. And so God is telling Moses to tell Pharaoh, We need to go out a three days journey out of Egypt into the wilderness so that we could sacrifice. What is this? It's separation. It's separation. Can I tell you from the word of God, it is, it is consistent from the beginning to the end. God wants his children different than the world's children. You were once the children. We were once all the children of the devil. We were once the children of this world. And we represented it just fine. It's natural. It was normal for us. It, was, it wasn't hard to do, right? But we've been brought out of that. We've been, I love this word. I love it because it applies to my life. We've been rescued by God. And we've been adopted by, by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll see in the next, uh, next uh, in the, the morning service, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are filled by the Spirit of God. We are indwelt by His Holy Spirit. We are children of the King. We're different. We're different. Can I tell you something? It, you know, every one of us knows how we live our life now. We all, everybody has a, a house they live in. They have a car they drive. They have budgets they live by or should live by. Some of, sometimes we don't live by the great budgets, right? Uh, expenses have gone up lately and they're like, well, there goes that budget, right? But we all have a parameter that we live our life. I mean, could you imagine if you found out today you were related and connected to a king of a country that made you immediately a multi, multi gazillion bazillionaire, whatever that is. I made it up because it's so astronomical. What's it matter? We don't know. I can't count that high. Do you think you'd live different? I heard on the news somebody won a $1.3 billion lottery. One person, I think, in Maine or something like that. One point. Three billion? Billion. I'm just thinking, I, I can't fathom that. I can't fathom. Do you think, and, and they'll say, well, we're not going to change anything. I know, because you'll be bankrupt in 10 years. That's the statistics of lotteries. You're bankrupt in 10 years. 
because they do. You've heard it, right? Easy come, easy go, right? They've never lived a life with money. Most of the people that are multi-bazillionaires get there for a reason, you know? And uh, yeah, we'd have a lot of stuff in the backyard and nothing <laughs> after that. You're like, oh, that Rolls Royce was real nice, but now I can't even afford to pay the taxes, right? And so what, I mean, no, listen, they say they'd never live different, but they do. If you, listen, if you found out that your dad was the king of some country, friend, you'd walk different. You'd talk a little different. You might have a little swagger in your walk when you walked around. You'd be like, oh, yeah. All I need to do is make a phone call. When the electric company sent the uh, shutoff notice, they'd be like, whatever. Tell you what, I'll buy you. I'll buy the electric. Let's just go buy the electric company. I'll show them, right? Come on, you would. Listen to me this morning. You're a child of the king of heaven. Not only the, the king, not, not just a king who owns some earthly domain, the king of king and the Lord's the Lord who spoke everything into existence. He's your father today. Yeah. And what did God say? I want you to be different than the world. Why? I think God is vastly different than anything else there is. You see... Egypt is a picture of the world, and God wanted his people to separate from an ungodly society. Do you realize Egypt had over 2,000 gods? Mike and I were talking about this the other day, how Hinduism, uh, they claim over 300,000 gods. 300 million. 300 million gods. Yeah, and even essentially what Micah was saying, what it, what it essentially represents is everybody has their own god. Essentially, if you look at the population of, of these uh, Hindu nations, you know, everybody gets their own God. And essentially, I, I love how Micah said it was essentially everybody is their own God. Right. That's one of the worst idolatries we have in our nation today is self. And so the, the, over here, here in the Egyptian, Egypt, over 2,000 gods, everything about the land of Egypt was displeasing to God. So in order for his people to worship them, right, God says those that worship me, God is a spirit and those they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. What's that mean? We can't worship God in the flesh. You can't worship God in your sin. You can't worship God in, 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 a, in a sinful lifestyle in the flesh. We've got to come out and be separate. We'll, we'll look at that here in a little bit. But God wanted Israel to come out of Egypt, three days journey, to worship him, to sacrifice him, to get away from the corruption, and so that their sole attention could be on worship. I'm telling you, I know we can get used to this. I, I, I totally understand it. But it's really why I think it is so necessary to spend a few minutes in prayer before the service, individually. Because I'm telling you, we have so many distractions. We need our sole attention on the Word of God. Because you know what happens when you walk out of this place? Every distraction is there to snatch it away. That's why it's imperative. Listen, that's why uh, an invitation and an altar is imperative that you deal with God right now. Because the likelihood of leaving here before you deal with God, the likelihood of you retaining that, it just drops precipitously. It, it just it drops to the bottom. You know what? You're going to get distracted by everything going on. You get in your car and the, you know what's going to happen? The low fuel light dings. No, you're thinking about, oh, I got to go get gas. I mean, it's like Sunday school's off your mind, right? Church is off your mind. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I do understand that, that uh, we, 
We rely upon the Holy Spirit to bring these things back to our memory, and, and He does, and I'm thankful for that if we're intentional in that. But uh, we need to deal with Him. We need our sole attention on worship and on the, the things of God. Later in the passage, Moses or Pharaoh is going to tell Moses that they can go and sacrifice. He goes, go ahead and sacrifice, but just don't, don't leave Egypt. <laughs> That's what the average church is out here. Go ahead and sacrifice, but don't leave Egypt. We'll have the rock music. We'll have the lights. We'll have the smoke. We'll, we'll, we'll have the, the, quote, what they call worship, you know. Go ahead. We'll worship God, but let's not leave Egypt. God says, no, I'm not, I don't receive that. That's not my worship. That's not, that's not how I receive worship. And actually, of all people, of God, God who is God, amen, uh, doesn't he have the right to, de- to, to demand the worship he receives? I mean, it's, isn't it amazing how we define how we worship God? As if God should be just tickled plink that we even come into his presence. It's like, friend, he, he exists of his own self. He doesn't need us. Oh, aren't you thankful? Knowing that, aren't you thankful that he loves us? And he desires us to have that relationship with him. He desires us to love him back. Oh, no, we're not talking about love from some, from some weird tyrant that just says, you have, you have got to love me. But no, we're talking about a reciprocal love because he first loved us. God is saying, if you're going to have a relationship with me, I already love you. You're just going to have to love me back. Right? And, uh, but we can't mix those things up. We, we can't worship God and still be in Egypt. In the world, not of the world. We used to have a habit in our in our home, especially when the kids were at home. Uh, you know, Saturday nights, you know, Thursday nights, the kids went to school four days a week and uh, uh, to their Christian school. So Thursday nights, we'd go to my their grandmother's or my mother in law's house, and they, we'd order pizza. Our Thursday night was we like Friday night. We'd order pizza, and she'd have a VCR there, and we'd watch something. I think I watched Where the Red Fern Grows. Somebody was telling me they're reading that. It was a good, good little thing, and don't do the second one. It was really stupid. But, but uh, anyway, and, and we had this, uh, we had this uh, little, little pattern that we would do on, on those, uh, on the Thursday nights. And, and they were nice. They're, they're. They were um, very nice. And I completely forgot how I got to this. Anyway, wow. It's rare I do. No, I probably do it a lot more than I think. I could, man, that is so weird. So anyway, uh, we're in the world, not, not, not of the world. And I was going that way. Anyway, let me move on because I... That is funny. I just absolutely lost where I was where I was going there. I'll if I remember I'll call you all this morning. Tomorrow morning, about two o'clock, when I remember I'll put out a I'll put out a text, church wide text, where I was going with this and when I remember. So and uh, so they had to go out. They had to go out of Egypt to worship. Not in Egypt. They had to go out of Egypt. Exodus chapter eight. Listen to verse 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. We will go three days journey into the wilderness. 
Verse 27, we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he shall command us. uh, Pharaoh said, go ahead, just stay here in the land. And Moses said, no, no, God told us to get out, to go worship out. See, God's goal is not for the Christian and the church to make the world comfortable, right? But for us to come out and be separate from the world. You've heard all of the analogies that many of you in here have been in church for a long time. You've heard all of the analogies, right? If somebody's in a pit, you can't, you know, you can't jump in the pit to, to get them out. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. You'll be stuck with them, right? You, you, can't, you can't take a clean rag to clean up a dirty rag. They'll both get dirty, right? You know all of the analogies, right? Come out from among them, be a separate. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I think I mentioned this Wednesday night, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's not much to ask. No, hold on. You have been rescued from the fires of hell for all of eternity. And somebody says, well, it's too much. It's too much to try to live a separate holy life. It's just too much. I contend this. In the depths of the soul of every believer is the desire to be that. No, our flesh, I know, we battle our flesh. And some get very frustrated with the flesh and think, I, I, like Paul did, you know, I, I, how, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I know, but I think within the depths of every believer is the desire to live a holy, separate life. I'm not apart from the flesh. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove that which is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Think about this. What would it look like in your family, in your home, in your life, personal life? What would it look like if you, went, if you did a three-day journey out of Egypt to get alone with the Lord? And your walk with God, what would, it look, what would it look like? What would it look like? Three days. Let me challenge you. Shut a television off for three days. Shut, shut your phone off for three days. Shut your, shut your uh, um, talk radio. I, and I like, all, I like talk radio. Shut it off for three days. See what it does. You're going, three days? Can we start with three hours? <laughs> I was reading an article about uh, dopamine addictions. And with phones and things like that, uh, we have some serious, serious issues. And, and uh, people are losing attention spans because of it. Because their, their brain, the, the, the neurons and the synopses in the brain are getting so used to firing off and the paths that they're creating in the brain. And these, uh, they're creating these addictions and all of the. And it's all because of, you know, and I'll catch myself. Like every, so often you're seeing somebody, I shut off all my notifications, but you know what happens? You check to make sure you didn't, it's like, this is really, you know what I remember, you know what, weren't, I'm reminiscing now, weren't they, wasn't it wonderful when we didn't have cell phones? I kind of miss that. I kind of miss missing calls. It's like, who cares? Life went on, you know, just one, yeah, I remember a friend of mine got an answering machine. His folks, his parents got an answering machine. I thought they were rich, rich. And it was so cool. A little bitty tape in that thing, a little tape. And uh, three days journey. What would, your, what would your walk with God look like if you set aside a three-day journey out of Egypt for a while? I know we got to live here. And, he, and uh, you know, Israel was living in Egypt, but God wanted to get out of there for a while. 
What would it look like? Maybe you'd ask God to show you areas. Maybe do this today. Ask the Lord, would you show me maybe some areas in my life that need a three-day journey? Just kind of mark, just ask the Holy Spirit to bring them to your mind. You might have already brought them to your mind. What would a three-day journey look like? One of the first parameters that Moses gave Pharaoh was that he'd have to leave Egypt. Right. The second parameter, though, the second parameter was for the Israelites to take their flocks and herds with them to sacrifice unto the Lord. He said, we're going to have to leave and we're going to bring, bring our flocks with us. We're bringing something that we can sacrifice. Three reasons for this. Three reasons. Number one, it was a picture of Jesus Christ, the coming Lamb of God, out of Egypt. Yeah. Back over in John 1, 29, Jesus was coming to be baptized by John to fulfill all righteousness. And John said, Behold, he pointed, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I said he pointed. I don't know if he pointed. I shouldn't have said that. But uh, obviously he drew the attention, people's attention to Jesus Christ who was coming and said, The Lamb of God. Do you know later, later in that chapter, the disciples of John, it says, followed Je- they left John and followed Jesus. Well, that's mission accomplished, isn't it? That was, John's, that was John's mission, to make a way for the Messiah. And his own disciples began to follow Jesus. Perfect. That's how it's supposed to be. It was a picture of Jesus Christ. Number two, it was a time to thank God for his blessings. Listen to Psalm 107. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Our, our offerings, our sacrifices, they are times of thanksgiving. Thirdly, it's an opportunity to give of their possessions to God. Remember when David, David had sinned with Bathsheba, or David sinned in numbering the people, and God was going to bring, he got to choose, you know, the three, uh, one, of, one of the three uh, punishments from God, and, and, the, and the, the plague was falling, falling on Israel, and and David went to make a sacrifice unto God. And so he went into, uh, uh, what is it, the, the threshing floor there of, of Ornan, I believe, I believe it was. But uh, at, at the end of it, if you remember, David showed up and, uh, and uh, he said, he told, the, the man told David, what do you need? And David said, I need somewhere to sacrifice. And he said, here, take, take the instruments, take this, take that. I, he said, I give it all. He, when he, I mean, it was a wonderful testimony of this man. But David said, no, I'm not, I'm not offering anything to the Lord that doesn't cost me. He said, I've got to pay for it. And he, so he purchased everything. For he said he purchased all of the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. David said, I cannot give anything to the Lord that doesn't cost me. Why? It wouldn't be a gift. It wouldn't be an offering. So here we are called out from the world. We're called out from the world. We too uh, have a desire to live a separated life, a sacrificial life. This was what Moses was communicating to Pharaoh when uh, he gave his instruction to Pharaoh for their deliverance and their worship. They, they have a relationship with the God of Israel and they need to be able to carry that out. That was the confrontation. And this is the confrontation we have with the world. We'll stop here today. This is the confrontation we have with the world. I'm sorry, we need to separate. 
No, I'm sorry. We need to we need to get away with God. It doesn't mean that we're, we've stopped living. It doesn't mean that we stop going to work. It doesn't mean that we we go and live in a go live in a, a cave somewhere and live a monastic lifestyle. It doesn't mean we start uh, you know uh, doing all sorts of uh, weird things. Yeah. I, I knew a man of a Pentecostal persuasion I worked with, and he didn't show up at work one day before cell phones and all that. He just didn't show up at work. The next day he came to work, and the boss said, "Where were you?" On the way to church, the Holy Spirit told me to go to a, to a prayer meeting. And, of course, the owner of the company said, no, he didn't. <laughs> he, yeah, he found another job. And so, uh, you know, I'm not talking about that, right? Six days shalt thou work and do thy labor. I mean, come on. I'm not talking about stuff like that. But I'm saying we, we need to come out in our, in our personal daily lives and the way we interact, come out from among them, be a separate why? For the purpose of a, our relationship and our worship of God. We need to confront the world with this. Yeah. Some of you have done it. Some of you have gone to the company Christmas parties. Or some of you have refrained and bowed out from the company Christmas parties and said, yeah, I can't go. I'm not. I, I don't, I, I'm not. Thank you, but I'm not going to be there. Well, why not? Well, probably the, the drunken alcohol is going to be a real problem. Not something I want to be around, right? Yeah. No, we've done it. We, we, you know, you know, we've absolutely done it. I was down to get uh, a bite to eat one time at a hotel I was staying at, and a guy I worked, I've known for a long time, you know, claimed to be a Christian and all these things. He had a great testimony, and he was down there as well. We were all working on the same job site, and uh, I, I walked up, and uh, he was standing there waiting for his stuff, and the lady handed him his drink. And I just looked up, and he's, he's like six seven. This is how I normally do, but then with him, it was like this. And so he, he, uh, I looked up, and he kind of looked down, and he went, <laughs> he was a little nervous. He said, uh, you want one? I said, woe unto him that giveth his neighbor to drink. And he goes, he just walked off with his drink. It was, it was a funny confrontation. It's still a confrontation. No, you can, you can you can respond in ways that aren't, being really mean, right? Sometimes, you listen, friends, sometimes you don't have to say a thing. They know. They know. Absolutely. Confrontation. Next week, we're going to look at the condition of the world. You know, the fact is, the world doesn't care many times what you believe. I had a pastor tell me this. He was an Anabaptist pastor in southwest Pennsylvania. He told me this. He said, you know, the, care, the world has never cared what you believed. They just want you to shut up about it. Yeah. You, you look at all of the people, John Bunyan, all of those that went to prison for preaching, they just wouldn't be quiet. But they put Bunyan in prison for, for preaching without a license, and he just stood outside through the bars of his window and preached every day. They just wanted him to be quiet, right? And that's what the world wants us to do, but we can't be quiet. That's, that's, like, that's like watching a house on fire with a whole family inside and the neighbor going, oh, just stop it, just you know, get out! Oh, stop! Would you stop? How can you stop? <laughs> right, if hell is real, how can you stop? You can't stop. You can't. We're going to look at that next week. God, listen, God is delivering. God is going to deliver Israel. But really, He's delivering Moses first. So He can deliver Israel. And He's delivering us. Listen, if we're in the world, we can't help the world. If we, if we are just, I mean, listen, if we are... Uh, 
you know, deep into the world and love of the world, how can you help them? You can't. And God wants to deliver us so we can help, so he can use us to deliver them. And we'll look at that next week. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, the confrontation of this world, you know, there's, a, there's so many of, uh, that are just non-confrontational. It's their personality and it's okay. But there's other ways that we can take a stand and confront this world. One of the great ways we can do is just come out from among them and be separate in our personal lives, in the way we live on a daily basis, uh, to confront the world with, with, with truth. Lord, would you help us to do that? Our nation is going further and further and further away from any semblance of virtue and godliness. And Lord, as the darker it gets, uh, we've heard it said over and again, the brighter the light is. But sometimes the problem is, as Jesus said, we just cover the light. Lord, would you help us not to do that? Would you help us to give us the strength and the ability and the power to come out of this world and be separate? Touch not the unclean thing. That we can help those. Lord, we need delivered. There's things in our life that we need delivered from personally. Everybody in here, me, everyone in here, we need some deliverance in our life so that you can use us to reach the world. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.